Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. Today, we're going to be taking a look at Spider-Man comics from November of 1984. That's right. We want to welcome back our frequent guest host, G.I. Jolie. Who is she? I don't know who that is. (laughs) Uh... I'm not sure if you're having an existential crisis or not, but that's you. Oh. <laughs> that's you. I tried. Uh, oh, Woo! it's back. All it's right. Back. It's not the same horn. I don't <laughs> oh, know what's no. going on. Oh, no. The app was deleted? I don't know. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint. Uh, but horn or not, I... we're happy to have you back. <laughs> I feel like uh, there's disappointment to come, so I'm not... Uh, <laughs> oh, be... boy overshadowed anyway (laughs) thank you for having me back yeah once again we apologize for the quality of the comics but good comics are coming down the pike so first this week we're going to talk about amazing spider-man number 258 we are actually just reaching this is the end of the original alien symbiote saga which is kind of exciting right yeah yeah it's super exciting I absolutely love this cover for this issue. It is awesome. For, uh, for Amazing Spider-Man number 258, which we're going to be talking about first. But, oh, I, I really, really like it. It's, it's like Peter Parker, and he's being, like, pulled in either direction by the two different versions of the suit. So you've got the... Uh, the regular classic Spider-Man uh, uh, up at the top, and then the symbiote spider-man costume is pulling him the opposite way and there's like these swirls in the background and everything kind of looks like tv static and it's super Mm -hmm. fun it's great gia julie Mm -hmm. what do you think of it yeah when um when i think of a comic book cover i think this is cool like this is what this is what would make me pick up a comic book because it just looks it looks like a work of art it right. looks like it looks like it looks like a book cover. It looks like a comic book cover. It looks like an appropriate cover. The art is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also like that the plot of whatever is happening is intriguing. Nothing. Exactly. There's no words, but there's something weird going on. And like it, this is one of the first times where I've been um, awed by what i'm seeing but also curious as to what the story could be right and um for the record while i do like text on a cover or even a title sometimes a cover like this is a lot more effective Uh like this is really cool so let's jump into the story here once again it's written by tom defalco drawn by ron friends pencil or inked by uh, joe rubenstein uh we've just uh picking up on the cliffhanger where we found out that mary jane watson not only knows that Peter Parker, Spider-Man, she's always known. She's known for years. Okay? Hmm. So this is something Tom DeFalco came up up with. Not everyone likes that idea, but we can talk about that later. Especially next issue. But anyway, so they have a quick argument. She takes off. Or she's getting ready to take off. Then Black Cat comes in and makes it even worse. But So even if if at this point Mary Jane didn't know uh, Spider-Man's identity, she, she knows now. Because Black Cat stumbles in through the window and was like what's happening lover i just stopped by to whoops and he's in his peter parker identity so now it's been spoiled twice so there's no going back right Uh and so anyway (laughs) so anyway so then we uh we you know we touch base with uh what's his name thomas fireheart the the puma and uh you know peter's you know worrying about what's going on mary jane's worried about what's going on meanwhile peter falls asleep and then he has an his spider suit has a knight on the town with him which has been a running subplot the last few months where the suit will take spider-man out while he's sleeping and do some web swinging but in this issue we get a nightmare sequence of peter parker kind of looking more like he did back in the early days uh drawn by steve didco and he's in basically the kind of dream world that he's in on the cover here like we said earlier like the tv static background the black costume Spider-Man and the red costume Spider-Man fighting over him. Then he wakes up from a, from this nightmare and he re, and he once again he feels tired. He doesn't know what's going on because he doesn't know what's with the what's going on with the suit yet. So then he brings it to the Fantastic Four and he gets Reed Richards to do some tests on it. And you know, meanwhile we've got this running subplot with the Hobgoblin and uh, the Rose 
trying to consolidate their power for the underworld, you know, uh, for New York City. And then basically, later on, we learn Reed Richards comes to a conclusion and he tells Peter Parker that this is not just from an alien world. It's actually an alien life form and it's trying to take over his body. And so he's got to try and get it off, which he can't do because the suit won't let him. So Reed Richards and all of his wisdom gets the idea to use this like sonic blaster to uh, knock it off of him, which of course works with, with one try. And then we get, and then we get a scene that I thought was funny when I was ten years old, and I still think it's funny now. So Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is in his underwear. He doesn't have a way. He doesn't have a suit. He doesn't have a spider suit, and the FF doesn't know his secret identity. So he's he's desperately looking for looking for a way to protect his identity. So uh, the jokester, the ever the jokester, Johnny Storm. He's like, okay, well I've got this old. FF costume I can give give you, but you know we don't wear masks. So what am I gonna do for a mask? He gives him a paper bag <laughs> to stick over uh, his head, course. and then yeah, it's so awesome. And then he's got to give him a lift like halfway home in the Fantastic Car, which looks like a bathtub. And then yep. not until uh, <laughs> Spider Man is is kind of like making his way home, and he comes across a, uh, a crime in progress, do we find out that not only is he in an FF suit, not only is he wearing a paper bag, but Johnny Storm put a kick-me sign on the back of the suit. <laughs> and so once he foils this crime, the press and you know all these civilians surround him, and they've got questions for him, and they want to know who he is. And that's when we see the, suit, or the, the sign on the back that says, kick me. But then he just takes off. You know, he goes back home. No one knows who he is. It's kind of funny. Oh, and then we get this little subplot here of where it's snowing in New York City, which we don't know why, but we have to buy Thor 349 to find out. So anyway, so then Mary Jane comes back home. They're about to have their big talk, and then we get this little cliffhanger with the alien costume, you know, locked up in this little, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, tube thing in the FF, in the Baxter building. And it's plotting its revenge. <laughs> and that is the end. Next issue, Mary Jane Watson reveals her tragic past, plus the Hobgoblin strikes. And that is our issue. And I thought it was really enjoyable. And, you know, the Tom DeValco run has not been quite as strong as the Roger Stern run. But the premise of this issue is great. It's the climax of the story. So I thought it was really good. Uh, G.I. Julie, what did you think? I actually really liked it. It was, like, thick with stuff happening and funny bits and funny visual bits and like you know villains all all in a room plotting and doing what villains do like that was silly they're all in a room (laughs) hanging out with the hobgoblin (laughs) but i loved it because that's what i assume like that's what i assume they do all day meet in hotel rooms and like test out each other's equipment and like you know talk about foiling spider-man or who insert superheroes name here plot but like yeah (laughs) um okay it felt like a little bit team uppy um when they introduced the fantastic four and you know then the i mean i don't want to spoil the marvel team up that we are going to talk about but i mean somebody else makes another appearance in it and it feels like an extension of this uh issue um, it felt uh, otherwise. The story was like, even though it was part of an ongoing story, it felt cohesive, and you know there was a start and a beginning, or a start, a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, I didn't think that the paper bag thing was as hilarious. It was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, that he was like, oh man, I'm wearing this ridiculous getup, but there's crime. So, like, he can't help but fix the crime. Mm-hmm. And he almost um, he almost gets found out or, like, he, he gets all kinds of media attention. There happen to be, like, 50 cameras on the streets. They all want to know his name. And, like, he's wearing this embarrassing, like, no mask, a kick me sign, and maybe, like, a, a suit that's a little bit too big for him. Mm-hmm. Like, and bare and it's, feet. Yeah, so it, it's just it's just weird, and then <laughs> the fact the the most hilarious thing to me is that he's just like, oh my god, my life can't get any worse than this. 
this happened and this happened and black like black cat this and mary jane that and now it's snowing right 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 <laughs> it's like he's not wearing Just any shoes yeah. right and i'm like oh god he truly is pathetic yeah it's like I, charlie you know, brown eh yeah i think that's why i like this issue so much we didn't have this like big bad guy coming in and wrecking havoc spider-man really doesn't fight anybody besides Good um, point besides those like goons that he just kind of like stops a robbery or whatever it was mm-hmm. so like it's it's really of no consequence to the story and i really like that because we get to focus a little bit on peter's life and just how much it's falling apart and like nothing goes <laughs> his way um i absolutely love this this gag with uh with the the, the paper bag like it, it feels like it fits it's not just like a gag for gag's sake right um like it's it feels natural um, and I think this mm-hmm. suit comes up a few other times in comics <laughs> history. If I'm, I think it's if referred I'm, to, yeah, it must be. Yeah, huh. um, because I, I'm pretty sure I've I, I've seen this a few times with him with the uh, the paper bag Fantastic mm-hmm. Four suit. So um, yeah, that's really fun. And I actually really really like the stuff with the Fantastic Four. Um, we don't need to stop the story and explain how Peter knows the Fantastic Four or who the Fantastic Four are. Spidey just is like, hey, I know these scientist superheroes. If you, this is the first comic book you've ever read, you understand what's happening. Like, they don't need to stop and bash you over the head with who these characters are. And we Mm -hmm. get these, like, fun moments with the the gang kind of interacting with each other. It totally makes sense that uh, Reed would be the first person he'd go to after, like, not knowing with this, like, weird... Uh, sentient costume with black goop is um, mm-hmm. like, trying to find out. So, yeah, I, I really like this issue. Yeah, me too. Um, mm-hmm. A classic, a classic Spider-Man story. I actually forgot this is the issue where he got the the paper bag costume because I knew about the costume, but I couldn't remember where it was from. So that was you know great. The, the again, like you said, like the way that they introduced the FF is is perfect because. It's one of those classic Marvel things where if you need a lawyer, you go to Matt Murdock. If you need a scientist, you go to Reed Richards, you know, and right. it just it, it's, it's really natural. Um, the Hobgoblin thing, I don't mind. You know, it's kind of a slowly developing subplot. and I'm looking forward to see where it goes. And I personally don't like the decision to reveal that Mary Jane not only knows his identity, but has known for years. I really don't like that. But we'll talk about it more next issue. Um, the inking by Joe Rubenstein again it kind of ruins the pencils it makes it look look really amateurish but the actual storytelling is classic Marvel storytelling so I don't mind that and then we get Mm -hmm. a little bit of Puma in here so I'm looking forward to see where that goes and so basically another classic issue of Spidey so I definitely recommend this issue I'm assuming you do Jolie yeah Uh, it's yeah I do without going into too much detail again it's I do Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, uh, I don't, I don't hate the whole Mary Jane thing. I don't love it though. I don't know right. where they're going with it. I like it a lot better than the black cat stuff that's going on. Like this Felicia yeah. stuff is so annoying. I mean, even even in this issue, it's like I rolled my eyes when I first started reading this because I'm like, oh no, is this going to be one of these issues? Because <laughs> because we have MJ and Peter talking, and then Black Cat barges in again, and mm-hmm. then. She gets upset that Peter is talking to another woman and, like, storms off right after MJ does. And Peter Parker accidentally shoots Webb at her. And yep. and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, oh you shot a web at me. Okay, oh, I guess we're cool. Like, that uh-huh. that was so stupid. She, she completely 100% forgives him right away because he shot a web at Felicia instead of MJ to make Felicia stop instead of MJ. So, like she's all is forgiven now in her eyes like right i i don't <laughs> i don't like how she's written at all no um, and if they start to write the fact that the symbiote wants black hat around and it purposely did that i'm going to burn the world to the ground <laughs> <laughs> i just don't know about that because i have a feeling that that's why those webs came out yeah, I, we'll I will say, see. I feel like the the symbiote um, suit felt a little short. 
Like, I was kind of looking forward to more of him with the suit. And I know it mm-hmm. does come back as, like, a character, and then eventually uh, Venom shows up, and, like, it is a larger story later. But I, I thought that there was more. I, you know what? I did, too. I did feel that, absolutely. But like it, because I yeah. know there's more coming up very soon, I didn't really mind. Right. Okay. But on that note, but, we should are, go. Are we ready? Are, are you know. ready? Is the question. <laughs> are we? Are we gonna do this? We're gonna do Marvel. We're gonna team do up this. One forty-seven. Yes, we are. Oh, Josh. Only a few more. You know what? Take it away. <sighs> this this issue started off kind of strong for me. Um, it Whoa. started off pretty good. I was like, okay, this is this is kind of interesting. There's some cool stuff, and then everything just falls apart. Uh, in the <laughs> classic uh, uh, Marvel team-up way. So, uh-huh. uh, in issue 147, we have uh, Spider-Man teaming up with the Human Torch and um, uh, the return of the Black Abbot. Uh, so, we have Ugg. Spidey... Sorry, what's that? Sorry. I said Ugg. Sorry, go ahead. The, yeah, Ugg is, <laughs> is about right. Um, oh. Black Abbott is I, I've read this issue and then went back and reread this issue and I still don't understand what the Black right. Abbott's deal is. I had to look up the wiki to understand Yikes. what was happening because it's so stupid. Uh, anyways, so we start off with Spidey okay. swinging through New York and um, uh, he runs into these jets that are like chasing each other and this one jet shoots a missile at the other. So Spidey's got to stop, um, stop this missile because he doesn't know who's in the ship. So he doesn't want an innocent person to die just in case mm-hmm. it's an innocent person. So he's like trying to redirect this missile and it, uh, he ends up shooting it into a water tower. And we see uh, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, notice this. So he flies out to help Spider-Man. Um, the two of them kind of... Uh, start chasing the ships again and the the one that was being uh the one that was being chased is crashing and on fire johnny goes and saves the person that's in the ship and uh spidey swings down and saves some civilians on the street um and then we get like a a flashback to what hit what we just read about in amazing with uh spidey uh i mean it's not good, but I understand why they had to have it here because they're explaining why he doesn't have the symbiote, uh, symbiote costume anymore. Right, right. So whatever. Um, then we catch up with Peter as he's back at his uh, apartment, and uh, this guy named Mister Abbott knocks on the door and starts talking about this program. This like science program where they're gonna pay him a bunch of money, and Peter automatically his spider senses go are, are like going wild, and he knows that this guy is like not who he says he is. But he says that. Um, <laughs> but he works remember. for the World Peace Association. World's not to trust. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who his friend is. He he like a- oh yeah, what's Steve, his name? Steve, I think. Steve, yeah. Steve, Steve yeah. Hopkins. He, he like name drops him and says, "Hey, he recommended, you know, we come get you." And it, Peter kind of says, "Like, whoa, I think he's trying to mind control me." What? I don't understand why he would know this, or like, I, it doesn't make it doesn't make much sense. Me describing it is pretty much how it happens in here. Right? It, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't really click. Um, then we cut over to. Uh, Johnny and he is at the hospital and um, the person that he saves isn't going to make it. He's uh-huh. in like critical critical condition so uh, he goes and talks to him and he pretty much tells Johnny that he was working at this like facility out in Jersey and um, he kind of came to his senses after like snapping out of hypnosis so he stole one of the jets to tell somebody and to to escape the place and that's mm-hmm. when um he was chased by the other jet and was shot down so um then we cut over to peter and he's at the facility now and he only agrees <laughs> so he can kind of do some undercover work 
and try to figure out what the heck is going on and hopefully save his friend Steve. Um, and then that's when Black Abbott reveals himself, but he's wearing a different costume. He's wearing a purple and black costume instead of his red and black costume. Um, I don't know if they really... I can't remember if they make reference to this or not, but he shows up later in a different color costume, I believe. I don't... No. There's mul- yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, anyways, uh, uh, Human Torch, uh, he also goes to this facility because of the guy who just died in the hospital bed to try to stop this thing going on. So the so Human Torch and Spider-Man uh, team up to pretty much stop what's going on here. And Black hmm. Abbott has like a bunch of different powers that he's using. Uh, Human Torch gets hypnotized and turns on Spider-Man and Spider-Man has got to kind of like stop him. Um, so the human, so the Black Abbott is like now splitting himself into different forms. It looks like like he's, there's multiple Black Abbots and I <laughs> thought that he had like just a bunch of superpowers. I thought he was able to like use the energy blasts, disintegrate people uh, huh. mind control people split himself into like multiple different versions of himself and I honestly don't know if it was even explained in this one but what it is is the Black Abbot used to belong to this like um this like uh group or this like family of monks and they would meditate and they learned how to like <laughs> unlock their minds and use superpowers that everybody has but just hasn't unlocked yet and huh. the black abbot found a way to control all of the other monks what yeah so the reason why that there's multiple people here is not because he can multiply himself but that this one guy is controlling a bunch of other guys that's why we have some of them wearing black and purple costumes and one of them wearing a black and red costume I'm assuming that the black and red costume Black Abbot is the one controlling the other ones. Oh, brother. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, once Peter and uh, uh, um, Johnny kind of come to, uh, they pretty much leave the facility and that's it. And then at the end of the issue, we get this, like, callback to um, the end of Amazing with the symbiote. Uh, knocking on the glass it's the exact same um right. six panels yeah right so yeah this issue um wow it sucked yep <laughs> i'm i mean it, it, uh, there's so much that i left out too like like one of the black abbots is using this mind control machine and it's like this is a test this is this is, is this is still a test i don't know if this is going to work or not but i'm going to use this like untested equipment to try to mind control Spider-Man and wipe his memory and it's oh man it 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 blows I really don't like the it's, Black Abbot yeah it's terrible it, it, this character really kind of sucks um, I don't you, understand what he's doing really the thing is first of all would you want to say the first what was it four or five pages with that jet thing were pretty interesting yeah and I was like kind of going along with it and also I want to say, compared to last issue, when the art was pretty terrible, this art was actually much better, and it's the exact same art team. So, oh, and interesting. I yeah, I can't... Yeah, it's Greg LaRock and Mike Esposito. And last month, the art was, like, very pedestrian and just dull. But this month, it's like, I don't know what happened if someone put a gun to Greg LaRock's head, but the layouts are much better. Like, just look at the opening shot of Spider-Man swinging... Mm-hmm. The the sequence with the jets, you know, there's there's a little bit more variation on uh, close ups and wide shots. The inking is a little bit more polished, I think, but then it all just goes downhill from there. Like right, I mean, the, I, like the idea of a cult is okay, but again, you just get into this issue where there's all of this talking and all this explanation and exposition, and I don't want to read any of it. And just like you, I kept. You know, going through sequences and being like, "What? What is going on?" I have to go back and reread it, and I still don't know what happened. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's super confusing um, because, like, I'm sure that they have an idea when they're coming up with the story, but it doesn't seem like they're properly conveying it or, like, mm-hmm. telling that story. And things are just kind of happening because that's what their idea is, you know, that's what their idea is telling them to do. Um, they just kind of have to do it to to fill this comic. And it's not right. like none of it is really making sense or like translating well. The stuff that does make sense is when they're trying to be like, oh, you know, there's two ships chasing each other. Why? Um, why are they attacking each other? You know, where did these come from? And then that that's like a pretty straightforward like mystery trying to figure out what's going on and then right. after that it just comes it just becomes like sci-fi nonsense with like this facility and they're they're jumping around from room to room they're hopping in spaceships people are getting mind controlled for no reason there's like multiples of this bad guy that are showing up without explanation like things just start happening yep and so. like usually Marvel team up makes me angry, maybe not as angry as Josh gets, but like <laughs> this one made me pretty angry. Like I right. stopped, I got up, huffed and walked away because it was so convoluted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hate this. I effing hate this. Mm-hmm. I can't. But this shot of Spider-Man upside down is cute. Like, you know what I mean? Right, and then, right. <laughs> but I was like, no, doesn't make up for it. This is God awful. How well, does this pass muster? I don't get it. The thing is, is most of these issues, the feeling I get, like, we all have friends that are filmmakers. We've all read really terrible screenplays, right? And yeah. <laughs> and for me, whenever I read them, I, I always think the same thing. I see what you're trying to do there, but there's always a way that you can throw out three quarters of this crap and make it so much better by writing it in a more intriguing way and like josh you said at least with the plane thing it's written like a mystery right and right. you know there's an old saying that every story is a mystery and that's i think what this story needs is like okay the raw like the the elements are there like okay there's a cult you know blah 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 but wouldn't it have been better if peter parker ran into the steve guy almost like eyes wide shut like steve is going to this cult thing and peter parker goes with them and he has to unravel the mystery of this cult but instead the guy comes to peter parker and he's like oh well i know steve hopkins so and then it's just the way that the story unfolds is not intriguing it's not mysterious Mm -hmm. right it doesn't make you want to turn the page and oh i gotta find out what's gonna happen next because it's all just shoved down your throat with exposition so it's like I'm sorry, but whoever this guy, I mean, Carrie Burkett, apparently he's done other things, but this, in this story, it shows that he just doesn't know how to write a story. I'm sorry. You, you know? know, and <laughs> it's so strange because it's always Marvel team up. And I'm, I wonder how much of it is because like possibly the story ideas or the premises are already made and then they just bring in a writer to write what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I, I'm curious. I I'm curious as to how much is just the writer i don't know but well because but don't forget it's also been a rotating uh group of writers but with peter with peter parker and amazing it's been the same writers for two years a year whereas marvel team up rotates so that could be who's in the room saying that this is okay well (laughs) danny fingeroth danny fingeroth um see this is the funny thing about these editors it's like, okay, so this guy gets paid to be the editor of Spider-Man. Well, I've read his stories. He did write some stories as well, and they're garbage. So if he's not a good writer, what qualification does he have to be a good editor? Other than, like, making phone calls and getting things scheduled on time, you know? So mm-hmm. at least the next editor coming in, Jim, Jim Osley, Christopher Priest, he, ha- he has a career as, as an as established, critically acclaimed writer on, like, Batman, on Black Panther on other things like that so i don't know you just got to wonder it's like yeah if the guy in charge is not even a good writer then how does he know what makes a good story uh-huh yeah like sorry marvel but like this sucked <laughs> yeah. like they put out johnny storm with a fire an industrial fire extinguisher <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like Terrible. Try, 
<sighs> trying to put out the the sun with a fire extinguisher. Yep. Like they always talk about how like hot he gets and how like mm-hmm. how it, he can get to like dangerous levels of you know fire and heat and like radiation, but a, fi- a fire extinguisher puts him out. Yep. But these cult guys in like you know jumpsuits, two of them. It took two <laughs> two of them with two industrial fire extinguishers. Yeah. To just like put that guy out, like stop, terrible. So it's safe to say that I'm never going to read this issue again, and I don't recommend anyone else reads it either. We yeah. read it for you, uh, Gia Julie. Do you agree with that? Um, pick it up and have a look at the <laughs> this Abbott guy's cape. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like villain, but make it fashion. Uh-huh. I like I, I like the costume, <laughs> like a lot. But that's the only thing that's great about this. Or, or do you know what? Maybe he appears in this costume somewhere else outside of this issue. Just find that image. Actually, go. just Google it. Forget just this. Just Google it. Just yeah. Google it. <laughs> I mean, I no. I I know more about this character from like one sentence on after googling this character. Right, right, right. And I, it's it's one thing to leave things a mystery and not understand what's happening and having like the story or his powers unravel Mm -hmm. but they're just throwing things out there and they're not really telling a story they're just showing you look there's multiple of them oh look they've all got different powers and it's right you know it's it doesn't really make sense Uh -uh. yep Woo. okay only how many more to go three more yeah, I think three, three more. more to go. Do that's they replace it. Marvel Team Up with something? Yes, with Web, Web of, of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, okay. Mm. So now we're going to move on to Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 96. G.I. Jolie, would you like to do the honors? Oh, am I doing the honors? Um. Okay. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this just uh, it, it took me a second here. I remember now. Um, so we have the same sort of, I think we, I didn't read the last issue um, before this one, but I, I guess Cloak and Dagger, we're still dealing with, um, we're still dealing with them and we're still dealing with Silvermane of all people. Uh-huh. Um, and also the Kingpin. So the Kingpin <laughs> and his number one henchman, the answer who I low-key love. (laughs) So stupid. But could you imagine having that power? Anyway, so uh, we're still at that point where um, Silvermane is inside uh, Cloak and Dagger, I think where we had left off is where uh, Dagger had just shot the last of her light into Cloak so that he could remain um, powered up. But he's also really weak. Somehow, Silvermane, who is inside, you know, stay with us, who is inside Cloak, is sapping that power. But the answer has whisked uh, Dagger away uh, because they, she is, quote, the answer to saving the life of the Kingpin's love interest i can't remember her name oh vanessa vanessa Vanessa. that's it so something has happened to her which i've missed um and the answer has said you know dagger is what will save her (laughs) which leads to my favorite panel how do you know that well and then the answer goes am i not the answer and he's like oh of course oh and then next panel, blast it! Smashes death. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. So, oh yeah, so great. Um, so anyway, um, I don't really... Oh, I know. Cloak, cloak. Somehow... No, sorry. Um, I don't know what happens on this panel after he trashes the table. Um, I don't know what's happening here. But Silvermane... He sees Silvermane. Silvermane gets into the, his compound. I'm not sure how Silvermane has been able to follow because he's supposed to be inside Cloak. But anyway. He, it, he got out. He got, he got out? out. <laughs> because yeah. Cloak, like when, when people go into his like other dimensional Cloak, 
he like mm-hmm. gets their powers, but he's also like reading their minds, I guess. Ah. I never really got that before, but <clears throat> earlier, like he's screaming because he's feeling all of the torment that Silvermane has gone through. So Silvermane mm-hmm. purposely went into the other dimension to like cripple uh, Cloak. Mm-hmm. And make his like mind go kind of crazy from all of the pain rushing into his mind all at once. Oh Jesus! So sure. <laughs> so that's how okay. that's how he's escaped uh, uh, Cloak's like dimension. Oh gee, and that starts. That's right. I just skipped right over it. Um, yeah. it's, that's right at the start of the uh, right. of the book. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it, it's, I don't know how I missed it. It's highlighted with the words, the final answer, which is, <laughs> you know, kind of off color, but mm. okay. Um, it's something, it's weird for, you know, a house of Jewish men to be calling that the final uh, answer. Good point. But Well, I think it's the final solution you're thinking of, right? Well, it's pretty close. It's uh. pretty darn close. <clears throat> so anyway... Somehow, we have to tie this all into Peter, who is, um, at this point, because all three of the books tie together, at this point in the story, he's trying to fix his web slingers, find old ones at work, because he's got to get his old suit back and up and running. Because, you know, he's got to go out and crime fight. Not crime, crime fight. So, fight crime. that's what he's doing. Um, he recalls just standing around in his underwear recalling the story for us about um, Mr. Fantastic and Johnny Storm kind of helping him figure out that the symbiote is a an alien life form <clears throat> but they did it in a short amount of time which I you know I'm thankful for but there's just these like four sexy panels of like Peter Parker just standing around all hunky in his underwear like an underwear catalog it's weird like it's not it's just weird to me because it's several like different kind of poses and then one silhouetted in shadow. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, like someone had been taking figure drawing lessons and they wanted to like, you know, use or display the fruits of their labor. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'd like to see the model who stood in the putting the pants uh, on <laughs> mid pose for like a whole minute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right because he must have been strained to you know get all that shadow right. in there uh, but anyway um <laughs> uh who walks in but oh i know no one walks in he finally gets his old costume back up and running um <laughs> And it's, it's really funny. He's like, the original is still the greatest. So that's it for the symbiote, the black costume. Right. Right? Gone for good. But, yeah, it just, it didn't seem like there was anything, like, major that happened, except for the mm-hmm. fact that had we not read the two issues of Amazing and Team Up, we wouldn't know that the symbiote is hungry and looking for revenge. Like, we didn't, you know what I mean? There wasn't too big of a mystery. Right, it didn't create right. too big of a mystery. But anyway, Felicia is in this issue as well. And um, she spots him. And is, <laughs> right? <laughs> Felicia's here. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Felicia's here, too. <laughs> and what she's doing, what she does best, which is worry about why Peter is worried about other women. So he, Peter's like, I really got to help get Dagger back. Um, and she's like just playing like the jealous non-girlfriend like and it's for four panels she's just grilling him about why he gives this much of a shit mm-hmm. and it's annoying like I'm annoyed for Peter but mm-hmm. also annoyed at the writers for writing her like this mm-hmm. she's like well mm, but she also knows where Dagger is because she's being played like you know what I mean she's one of Kingpin's pawns so she's trying to keep secrets but also she's like well I could help Peter I kind of, I know where she is so like I'll just kind of like help him out by not telling him and um I I really want to <laughs> sit Peter down and just be like listen <laughs> I, like I know that you really care for her but I don't think she's good for you like <laughs> she's causing you 
she's you know she's she's making her life miserable she's not treating you right she doesn't like you for you she only likes you for your secret identity like this is not <laughs> working out my dude it, it kills me i hate this <laughs> i really hate this like story yeah. that they've written for her because she was such a fun character before i yeah, really liked aside, when, whenever she popped up yeah and aside from like those red flags there's like you know a million other red flags right uh, like even if even if she um didn't like uh wasn't just using him for the adventure she's like uber jealous mm-hmm. uh she's kind of a bitch and yeah. like she's there's, bougie in a weird way <laughs> there's not enough wine crafts in the world to save this relationship <laughs> no zero <laughs> But anyway, okay. So she accidentally, quote, accidentally leads Spider-Man to where they're keeping Dagger, which is at, like, their compound. Um, uh, do you want Mary Jane's in here, too? But that really doesn't matter. Because all they do is use that as a device to, like, explain that it's snowing and to tell you to read Thor. Which at um, this point is annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool the first time, but yeah. Yeah. And then, like, even Betty is in it and Flash Thompson. And um, they, you kind of get like a, uh, he, he's like, come in from, she's like, come in from the cold. There's these things running around. They're armored men. I don't know what they are. And again, it's like, well, read Avengers 249 and Thor 350 to find mm-hmm. out what the hell this is. It's like, those two pages didn't have to exist at all. Right. Two pages? Yeah. Two full pages of like weird exposition mm-hmm. um, to sell two other books anyway so um maybe they had to explain why in the next sequence of events spider-man and felicia are like i'm sorry black cat same person are flying around new york but it's now snowing like snowstorm full snowing uh they run into dagger who is uh on his way to the same building where um Sorry, they run into Cloak, who is sort of wandering towards the same building where Kingpin um, and is is kind of hiding. And because uh, he, he can feel her energy and he like pops himself into there. Right. Um, Silvermane is in there already, just like fucking up Kingpin's henchmen <laughs> just on the ground floor. Uh, he's pushed like a hole into the building and he's just like messing them all up. But no one cares. I don't understand that part. <laughs> like, is Silvermane trying to get Dagger? Like, sap the rest of her energy? Is that what the... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Still stupid. Got it. Okay. So, on the highest of all of the floors, they cut to Kingpin. Dagger... Cloak, sorry. Um, cloaks? I don't know what you'd call that power. He just happens to, like, appear... As like a piece well, of fab, as like a, piece a teleportation of thing, kind yeah, because yeah. he jumps through his dimension and then jumps back into ours, I guess, through the cape. Okay, well, Which he does cool. that. Yeah, sure. yeah right. he does that, and he gets up to the highest floor, and uh, oh god, uh, just at the same time that Spider-Man and Black Cat get there, and wouldn't you know, Kingpin grabs Cloak because he's all weak and sort of defenseless. Um, and he uses Cloak as a shield. And Black Cat, in true Black Cat fashion, um, gets in the way accidentally while she's jumping at Kingpin. Because at this point, she's decided it's either I team up with Kingpin secretly or I'm with Peter. And she's like, no, I'm with Peter. So she jumps at Kingpin. She's like, well, there goes our relationship. And she jumps into Cloak. Whoops. And I don't know if she disappears or not, but um, at this point, Silvermane has made his way up to the main floor. Uh, or sorry, that highest floor where everyone is. And he jumps into the fight. Now everybody's fighting. And I honestly, what what happens? The answer is like, we, we have to stop this fight. He gives up his life force grabs I don't because he's got do you know I almost said it I almost did it too I almost pulled the kingpin and was like how did he know to do this well shit 
he's got all the answers. He grabs Dagger's hand and Dagger like sucks his life force out until he's like gone. And that revives her. But it gives her a lot of power and she becomes like this like sparkly gold being, which is kind of neat. Mm -hmm. And she uses that life force when she touches Silvermane to restore his humanity and he gets so overwhelmed by his own humanity that he busts a hole through the wall and just climbs down and takes off and that's how they defeat Silvermane Mm -hmm. because Silvermane gets depressed and leaves right uh yeah so (laughs) Dagger sees Cloak revives Cloak they they're like we gotta get out of here screw Vanessa Kingpin's like oh but before you leave I know I kidnapped you but please help me and then Dagger sorry Cloak tells Dagger no we can't help people like him and they fade away they warp or you know away Mm -hmm. leaving um, Kingpin angry and only Spider-Man and kind of Black Cat to take um, you know take the brunt of whatever is left but they can just they just they just kind of fly away too and then that's it that's it everyone the the, every single person every single character that was wrapped up in this storyline actually physically just leaves the storyline and ends the storyline and then it cuts to the same um excuse me last page that was in the last two books with a symbiote in his in his like ff tube wanting revenge right um i don't know if that says the hermit age or hermitage but i'm interested because it says (laughs) the next issue is an offbeat story the most offbeat story yet but let's get back to this um this ending here because it was terrible yeah so <laughs> we so see much earlier happened. so we know earlier dagger is able to cure people's like um i don't even know how to describe it it's like the things that are wrong with them like their evil sides or their bad sides um and like make them pure we see her do that to a couple of like junkies and like she shoots them with the, these light daggers, and then all of a sudden they don't crave drugs anymore. Uh, they're mm. they're no longer addicted to drugs. So, I mean, this is something that she could do already, but then, um, with Silvermane, she just she has to like go into this like Super Saiyan mode to cure Silvermane. <laughs> And, like, Silvermane is the guy that tortured them and, like, mm-hmm. te- did these, like, drug testings on them. But she still cured him of all this. And then when Kingpin says, hey, you just cured that dude and made him not evil. Do you think you could cure my wife who is dying? And they're like, nah, we actually gotta go. Yeah, oh, that's a little, God. That's a little mm, harsh. Look at the man. time. Oh, man, we really gotta be getting out of here. Like it's so weird. I, it's it's really strange that they decided mm-hmm. to just be like, no, I don't think we're gonna help you. We're not allowed to help bad guys when they just cured their arch nemesis, who they've been trying to kill for like every single uh, appearance they've had. Right. And they just let him. Be, he's like he takes his leave, is what what the caption says. As Silvermane just climbs down the building, and they just let him go. Right. They let Silvermane take his leave. And poor Kingpin is left here with, like, Vanessa, like, limp in his arms. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't know. I, I, and I feel like I should feel bad for Kingpin in this moment, and I think it's, like, a powerful panel. I really like the art in, in, in that panel, on that last page, but... Um, right. But it, I don't feel anything for him because like what was his plan like is she dying from being evil no she's been sick like forever i don't remember why she's sick but but why would but like dagger just like cures them of like 
cues their mind, right? And, like, makes them pure again? Like, what? Mm. what's killing her that Dagger could help out with? Unless she just has life force energy, but we haven't really seen that from her? At least I don't think. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I her know. power is kind of undefined, but I guess the idea is that in the, in the context of this story, she could help Vanessa, but the fact that she doesn't is kind of bizarre, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah. So I also have another question. Sure. Um, <laughs> with Cloak, is his power the Cloak? Or does he have the ability to open up these dimensions? Oh, I'm sure it's in him, but the Cloak is like the access point to it, I think. Okay. I think. Yeah. Because, like, Kingpin just grabs him and he uses him as, like, a weapon. Yeah. Slash shield. Like, that's and it's just crazy. Weird. Yeah, it's weird that he did. He isn't just like, nope, I don't think I am going to suck up this person. Like, right. he just, he's just like, oh, nothing I can do. He's he's holding me. Like, he can't control the portal or anything. Yeah. It's just strange. Yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah, trying to find it, it myself, but... Oh, it's here we go. It's on page 17, original 17. Yeah, it looks like Black Cat gets kind of tangled up but not fully absorbed. But it says that his abilities are to teleport himself and those around him over long distances in a shroud of dark force energy. That he is, he also has intangibility. Um, he can transport victims through the dark force. Um, he can see the fears of those he touches. Darkness and shadow generate. He can generate and control darkness and shadow, and he can use his darkness to cause insanity and paranoia. And he has a psionic link with dagger. So, mm, it seems like he should be able to control that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, things just seem to like happen um, for no reason. Like, why yeah. is Black Cat even here at this point? Like, it feels like the only reason she's here is so Kingpin can, like, throw out the, you know, you owe me a dead in Spider-Man and Black Cat can be like, what the heck are you talking about? And then they brush it off like nothing happened. We don't we mm-hmm. don't ever revisit that in this issue again. The answer no. is the goofiest freaking character. They could, should have called him the MacGuffin <laughs> because he just he just knows everything for no reason. And, I mean, even, like, him being the key to everything and healing Dagger, like, it's just, I really didn't, I think I like team up better than this issue. Well, here's the thing is, I don't hate this issue or this series, but what's weird about it is because Spider-Man has three series, it's almost like they have two concurrent versions of Spider-Man, but they're, they have two totally different supporting casts and you were asking why black cat is in this it's because she is the co-lead of the book but she's not really in amazing and she's never in marvel team up so it's like she doesn't exist in those books right Hmm. but here she's like but she had more to do in in amazing spider-man this week than she did in this one yeah that's probably true you're right like it's just so strange like i I don't know if there's no reason for the character to be there then don't bring them in Oh yeah, it's and she so it, weird. She's just getting in the way like usual, and to me that just speaks of an inability to write this character in, even though she's supposed to be here. Right? They're like, hmm, how do we reconcile her being here? Well, let's just make her the jealous female. Like again, yeah. and again, mm-hmm. and again. Oh, oh, oh! And while they're fighting, how do we like? How do we? How do we get her out of the whole fight scenario? I know. We'll throw her into the cape. But she... Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It does, Any- yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, there's so much in this book that just, like, this issue that kind of just annoys me. Like, even, um, even with Spider-Man, like, going back to his old costume, why not just leave him in the Black Symbiote costume for this issue? Like, does it well, all need to happen all at the same time? Because chronologically, it probably came out afterward, and they're they're trying to coordinate it. So that but, if you read this a week later... But, the st- but for the story, it doesn't make sense. Because last issue, we have, like, 
we the last thing we see is Dagger being kidnapped by the answer. And he is in the black symbiote costume. And then in this mm-hmm. issue, we see him trying to figure out his other costume, which means Marvel team up and the amazing Spider-Man happens in between um, Dagger being kidnapped <sighs> and then Dagger being saved. You know what I mean? So it's just like Spider-Man's like, well, too bad for Dagger. <laughs> I'm going to you know, go on my own av- adventures now and come back maybe later. See, this is the problem, again, is where you're right. It's like it's like Spider-Man has, has all, the, all these adventures, but they, it's like chronologically this happens after Amazing, but like all of a sudden he has a different supporting cast and it's all about the Kingpin and Cloak and Dagger, but there's no mention. I mean, they, they force in the mentions of FF and all that in the snow, but usually it doesn't make sense. And it, the problem is it's like, you know, if you have like a TV show with a showrunner, let's just use Buffy as an example. Every episode may be written by a different person, but there's always Joss Whedon there coordinating everything, and every episode fits perfectly. But can you imagine if you watched Buffy one week and it was called The Amazing Buffy, and then the next week it was called Spectacular Buffy, but it was like a completely different supporting cast, different subplots, a different cinematographer. And they just shoved in references to the other show to make it seem cohesive. It, it just wouldn't work, right? Yeah, it was, it was called Angel. That's what Yeah, happened. which I've never <laughs> seen right, but there you go, right. <laughs> nah, kidding. It was a good show. Well, once mm-hmm. you get past season four. See, but, okay, uh, if you're ahead. using Sorry. that as an example, yeah, exactly. Um, and that is why they don't do that to TV shows. Right, right. So I don't understand why they do that to comics. Because it's like... It's like watching Buffy and then watching a, a spinoff, but not a spinoff because it is Buffy, but it's just a different title. But she's acting a little strange. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, it, you know, they tried in, in the 90s with Superman, they tried to make it so that the three or four week, like monthly Spider or Superman titles all lined up. So even though it was Superman number 75, followed by. Adventures of Superman number 400 and whatever, it was actually Mm. another number on top of that with a triangle that said number 57, then number 58. (sighs) But it was each chapter was written by a different person and drawn by a different person. So it never felt cohesive. It would have been better to have like four issues in a row done by the same art team than four issues in a row done by the next art team. So that way at least you could get the feeling of you know some cohesion but mm-hmm. i think it, it it would just make more sense you know in this case to be like okay these are spider-man's adventures in the present day and spectacular is like three years ago or something just so they they could explain why they don't really line up you know i don't mind the the idea of him having like a different cast of characters for each book as long mm-hmm. as it makes sense that spider-man is kind of jumping back and forth like we don't always see him at the bugle but we know that's part of his life and we don't need to see it in every single issue to understand that there's different people in his life um but when they cross over like this and they don't make sense that's when i think it gets messy (laughs) i mean i think a good example of it done really well is the are, are the marvel movies the mcu because you have one person, Kevin Feige, who is in charge of like the overarching story of every single movie. But then you right. bring in directors and writers to write the individual movies. And the only limitations that they have are that it fits in with the rest of the story. Right. So you can have Iron Man run off and have his own story with his own characters. But then you don't have to have every single character in his life uh, present when he jumps over to, to the Avengers. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it all makes sense, like, in fiction, what what these characters are doing and what they're, you know, where they are in time. And you don't need to, like, you know, mix things up. And uh, it's just so strange. I, I, I don't really like how well, the stories don't connect. And, like, there's all they're always, like, coming up with these plot holes because mm-hmm. of it. The thing is, is with the Marvel movies, with Kevin Feige, there's only two or three Marvel movies per year. This is two or three comic books per month, plus 25 to 50 other comics per month Mm -hmm. featuring other characters. So, I mean, it's obviously much harder to coordinate the comics, right? Because 
you know, it's pretty cool that they shove the snowfall in from Thor, but then they hit you over the head with it. And if you try to line them up, they probably don't even match. But uh -huh. I don't know. I mean, they're trying, but in some ways they're overdoing it. In some ways they're underdoing it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like with Spider-Man, you can do that with just three issues. Mm. I completely get that with, like, it's it might be hard to do it with every single book that's coming out. But with Spider-Man, at least, when it's the same character in between just three issues. Right. Like, it feels like that could at least be manageable. I mean, even if he was in the black symbiote <laughs> costume the entire time, and then at the end with this, like, cliffhanger, you can have, right. you can have, like, uh, you know, instead of it saying meanwhile, you can have a caption that says, you know, a few days or a few weeks later, you see Spider-Man right. swing across in his original costume, and then we cut over to the Baxter building. Fantastic, you know, Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four is doing tests on the symbiote, and then um, we see it again in the the glass jar, like, banging on the, the, the walls and then turning to mm -hmm. face the camera and end it. If you, you know, if you really need it to, like, every ending to kind of match up for next month, but it just it feels really weird because this is a part two of a story and because uh -huh. things are changing they have to like scramble to fix it well yeah i guess ideally it. how it would work is you'd have like this would go on for four or five months then they'd go okay at the after the end of this issue go back and read amazing spider-man 252 and th then that'll line up you know mm -hmm. and they can uh -huh. kind of go off on their own and then line up sort of in hindsight instead of trying to figure it out on the fly like the way they're doing now. Yeah. But anyway. So getting back to this issue, I thought it was okay. I don't love it, but I love the inking. <coughs> the story's okay. I thought it was better than Marvel Team-Up, so oh, not sure. a big recommendation, but I do think it's a fairly enjoyable issue. Spidey, uh, G.I. Julie, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Same. Like, fairly enjoyable, but uh, mostly not great. Again, I like <laughs> low key love the answer. <laughs> so stupid. Uh -huh. Or, and now I'll call him the MacGuffin. Um, and now I want to know everything about him. Uh, but, like, I. Okay. Josh, the way that Josh talked about Cloak and Dagger, the first, like, the first time we sort of. The, that they came into this storyline I always I was like hmm there's something I really liked the way that you talked about them and I was like I need to know more about them because I missed that mm -hmm. and that I get what you were talking about from this issue so I if you like Cloak and Dagger and want to see them in another sort of like if you're a Cloak and Dagger completist like if you have a Cloak and Dagger podcast where you only review appearances of them in comics, then this is sure it's a must read. Uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I I recommend it. It's not terrible. On that note, wait, Josh, did you, huh? Uh, yeah, did you recommend uh, it, Josh? I don't remember. I don't think so. No, I, no? I mean. Oh. Uh, no, I I didn't. I really didn't like it. I I the all of these characters like being juggled in this story, it was mm -hmm. just so like busy and muddled, and it really didn't need to be. Like right. it, it's kind of an interesting story, but then you have to shove Black Cat in here. You have to shove the answer, Silvermane, Kingpin, Vanessa. Like all of these characters just are just like thrown into the pot. There's no reason for half of them right, to even right, be there, right. and I think it really takes away from the story because we could be, we could be learning more about Kingpin, and like why he's doing this. Like we we understand that he's trying to save his wife, but we don't really get any moments with him alone with her, like it, uh -huh. with his own thoughts. We don't really get to see that. I want to be able to care about what the Kingpin is doing and why he's like hiring all of these goons to save his mm -hmm. wife but we're only we're only hearing him say i'm trying to save my wife <laughs> you know <laughs> we're not we're not like seeing why we should care about him saving his wife 
we're just told, right. yeah, he's saving his wife. That's why he's doing all these bad things. And I, it's just, I, I feel like that's kind of the answer. I don't know. That's kind of the answer as to why all of these characters are here. <laughs> because it's just like, yeah, the answer is here. Uh, yeah, Silvermane's right, right, back. Right, right, like, there's right, no, right. like, we don't really get time with them to understand why they're doing mm-hmm. things. We're just told that these characters are doing things. <sighs> this is true. Okay. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I personally didn't enjoy it. I'd rather have the mindless sci-fi stuff of Marvel team-up than, like, mm. be excited about, like, a cool story and then it just, like, falling apart and crumbling. Right. Because, because at least Marvel team-up is, like, it's goofy already. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, I'm already kind of in the mindset of this is going to be just, like, comic book cheese popcorn mm-hmm. nothingness, where this uh-huh. is, like... I really want to know more about these characters and what's going on and, and feel the depth of the story. And it's just like, you know, comic book soup. They're just throwing whatever they can in the pot and <laughs> doesn't taste good. Well, wow. the good you really news is... the enthusiasm out of that one. <laughs> the thing is, though, is that not only is Marvel Team-Up being cancelled in three or four issues... Al Milgram <laughs> is leaving Peter Parker of the Spectacular Spider-Man as of number 100. Oh, wow. So we will have a new writer after that. So let's hope uh, things improve, right? Oh, interesting. Fingers yeah. crossed. Spoiler! The writer from Marvel Team-Up takes over for two issues. <laughs> so it'll oh. still suck. <laughs> oh. But that's okay. Team cause, up two. Yeah, oh, but no. it's okay because after that, Peter David will take over and everything will be good in the world. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> yep. So, I guess that wraps up another episode of Here Comes the Spider Cast. I'd like to thank G.I. Joe Lee for joining us this week. Yeah, thank you so much. Woo! All right. You're welcome. And, Josh, you can take it from here. We also want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, it really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can drop us a line on Twitter at, at @hctspidercast. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the episodes, uh, the issues that we're talking about too. Um, we want to keep that comment conversation going, so please keep in touch. That's right. So join us again next week when we review the, I guess, the epilogue of the Alien Symbiote Costume Saga, as well as two other Spidey comics. So until next Monday, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. <laughs> All right. See you then.